I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I am also one of two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan, which now reaches over 5,000 monthly listeners in 100 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Today, we've got Ivan Tanzer here with us on the mic. Ivan is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to implement technology to boost sales. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what he has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right. So we are back here with Ivan Tanzer, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Ivan Tanzer is the manager of the Petrov Gallery, one of Toronto's oldest commercial art galleries. Since 1982, the gallery has presented emerging contemporary fine artists alongside some of North America's best craft makers. Originally from Montreal, Ivan moved to Toronto in 2006 to complete his master's degree in museum studies. A curator and lover of the arts, he continues to work directly with artists, art fairs, and contemporary arts organizations, and is always on the lookout for innovative technologies. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Ivan. Thanks so much, James. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Before we dive into it, Ivan, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? My parents would always take me to museums. Um, we would travel to Europe when I was growing up. You know, my mother's Hungarian, so we'd, we'd fly to Budapest or to Austria to see family. And I just have these memories of walking around these big, like Kunsthistorisch, these big, big museums with these humongous paintings and just being enthralled that is one of my earliest memories. And Montreal is a very culturally diverse city. Um, downtown, there's there's lots of artists. There's lots of uh, alternative art spaces too. So it was kind of, that's the earliest memory. But I think also growing up in Montreal, you're like really, really exposed to art and music and theater. It's a very culturally dynamic city. So I was really lucky to grow up there. But I credit my parents with uh, my love of art from a very young age. Yeah. And it's amazing that you went to so many museums as a kid and then actually pursued 
an education in museum studies. That's that's amazing. And Montreal is one of my favorite cities in the world. I, I couldn't agree more that there's so much art and culture, music, everything there. So I, I can only imagine how how awesome it was to to grow up there. I have to give a shout out to Toronto too, where we're I'm at now. Toronto is a world class city. I think as far as it's the center of art in Canada in visual art. You know, we've got the largest art fair in Toronto, Art Toronto, and other other events that happen here are the ones that draw visitors from cross country to Toronto. So there's a lot going on in Toronto too, and really happy that I'm here too. Yeah, absolutely. I have not had the pleasure of visiting Toronto myself. It is on my list and it looks beautiful. And I've I've heard so many wonderful things about it. There's a handful of galleries I'm familiar with from it. So I think that both cities are amazing. Thank you for sharing that story, Ivan. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into the rest of our questions. So the way of galleries has changed over the past year and a half. What are some of the ways that you see galleries and museums adapting to the new ways of the world long term? Right. So your local community really, really matters. We've seen that now as we start to come out of the pandemic here in Canada. We're just starting to open up the U.S. You're a little bit ahead. But um, it's more apparent than ever now that the art market is truly a global thing. And um, if a gallery wasn't selling directly through their website before the pandemic, did they, boy, did they scramble to catch up fast. For galleries and artists, um, there's a ton of third-party websites. You know, your listeners probably uh, might be also on Saatchi, but for galleries, there's things like Artsy and Artnet. And first, the list just goes on, but they take, they take a sizable commission way more than, you know, the, the transaction fee from your website, the credit card fee. So I'm going to talk a lot about your website as the starting point for a lot of things. But one of the really nice things to come from the changes that have happened in the last year and a half are price transparency. So if you want people to buy stuff on your website, typically you have to put a dollar value. And if you want them to to not have to inquire, you just want them to purchase it and, and get to the checkout and be done. So in galleries and, uh, well, not museums, but in, in galleries, that wasn't always very common, but it is becoming more common. And I'm really happy to see that. For us here at Petroff, there's never been an issue listing the price. It sets the client's expectations. You know, we want people to know what the thing costs so that we know they're serious, interested, and we we set their expectations. So they're not like, oh, wow, that's way more than I thought, or, oh, that's less quite affordable. I'm surprised that's right within my budget. One other thing that's, it's kind of a cash cliched kind of way to say it, but bricks and clicks is a kind of marketing term that's come come around. So buyers or customers want the best from both worlds now. They want to build relationships with artists and galleries. They want to go to shows and see the work in person, but they also want the convenience and ease that only the technology can provide. So you really got to be able to do both now and do them well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of focusing in a bit on price transparency, like you were saying, even companies like Artsy, which, you know, a lot of galleries look to for guidance and trends in the art market are saying that listing your price, you have a a hugely larger chance of selling than just having an inquire button and not listing the price. Like you said, I mean, that used to be the norm 
that was assumed that, oh, if you don't list the price, there's like some type of illusion or you have to like go through some hoops, like actually reach out. Like it's just not the way that people interact with, with art buying, at least, you know, mainly. And yeah, I mean, what you were just saying at the end there about doing both, like going back to being in person now that that's there. And so many people are realizing like that in-person interaction, being able to see pieces, especially when they're on the more expensive side in person is really important, even though we've all been trying to get used to websites and online as much as possible in the last year, but really kind of integrating the two. I think people are finally used to QR codes, um, which it kind of seemed like they were never going to catch on yet. And now just with menus at restaurants and things like that, I, you know, people are finally like, oh, yes, I know what to do with a QR code. That marrying of the two, like having the, the digital technology available, that in-person setting. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm going to continue talking about as we, we keep going. It's um, the best of both worlds, but doing them well. Like you don't have to do every single trendy thing. Choose some that you can do well. That's one of the key things I'm going to hopefully hammer home today. Yes, absolutely. And I, I definitely agree. It's not about doing every single possible thing, business thing. It's really honing in on on what makes the most sense for you as a business, whether you're an artist, a gallery, an art fair, or some other entrepreneur. But yeah, like doing doing a few things really well. So Ivan, what are some of the new technologies that art galleries and artists should be implementing? What are some of your recommendations? I'm going to disappoint people with my recommendations because they're not exactly new, but we touched on them a little bit. The idea, like thinking about them differently is is kind of more important, right, to me. You know, you, you have an e-commerce website. It doesn't matter what platform you you choose, you know, Shopify, Squarespace, WordPress, Wix. As long as you're able to make the changes you want to make to the website easily, you'll be motivated to do it, to update it, to, to feed the website. It's it's fundamental. And second to that is um, social media. We're talking about not doing everything. We deal primarily in visual art. So Instagram is our main channel here at the gallery, but people are using it nowadays to jump. They, they see a post and they, they use that as a jumping off point to to go to the website to read more. And if you're an artist, they'll do the same. They'll go, they'll read more about you and check out your your history of uh, exhibitions or other pieces you've done in the past. So it's really just a jumping off point. And I think if you're, you know, this is our Western kind of perspective. If you're someone who's in Asia, you might be focusing on Weibo or WeChat, you know, so there's different platforms that are better suited to where you are in the world and what you're trying to do. And the last kind of old school thing before I do have one kind of new tech that not everybody might have heard of is, is a newsletter. You know, you've got a newsletter list, you, you use MailChimp, you use Constant Contact, whatever it may be, but do you segment it? Do you have special groups for your VIPs or in a gallery's case, you know, people interested in artist A and then artist B so you can target them directly with a newsletter? It's kind of basic, but I, I don't think everyone's doing that. One step further kind of with the website is things like abandoned cart emails or retargeting emails. These are all tools that are very easy to automate to drive people back to your website or to wherever you want to send them to hopefully help them finish or make a purchase. So, okay. So those are the, the old school ones. The, the new school one's called Matterport. It's a 3D 
virtual tour kind of like Google Maps, but it's one step better in that you can put what they call the matter tags. You basically put a, a point in space, but it's not just a hover kind of point. You can actually hyperlink or send people directly to the product. So in our case, we use it to do uh, virtual tours of the gallery while the doors were closed. And we tag the pieces that were exhibited on the walls and it would link directly to the piece. And if somebody really wanted it, they could just take it, buy it, and they see it as best they can, even though they couldn't come in. And Matterport, not not like, I'm not plugging them for any reason, but, you know, it's affordable. I think it's $10 a month. All you need is a 360 camera. That's maybe the only upfront expense, but it's $10 a month after that. And you can have a couple of spaces. So if you've got your, if you're comfortable opening up your artist studio to show people kind of a behind the scenes look at some of your, you know, sort of traditionally like maybe private spaces or, or what you're working on, it can be a great tool to get collectors interested. We used it to, uh, the Petrov has two floors. We've got like a main street level floor. And then below we've got uh, framing and storage. And so for the first time, we cleaned up downstairs a little bit and shot downstairs so people could see the behind the scenes of what goes on uh, normally out of sight. Yeah, no, that's a really cool idea. There's quite a handful of 3D virtual tour programs out there, and it can sometimes be hard to know which one to hone in on. So Matterport, if anyone's listening, that's the recommendation of the day. I, I really like the way that you were positioning those other recommendations as, you know, they're things that have been around for a while, but using them in new ways. Most artists are going to already have a website, but if you don't have that e-commerce function to it already, definitely make sure you do. I, I know that some artists come to me and they're like, hey, you know, my website, it's a bit more of a portfolio and I'm not sure, like, should I add an e-commerce function? The simple answer is yes, do it. <laughs> and another question that you know, I've faced before. And again, it's something that I hear a lot from other artists is what website building platform should I use? And there's a lot of questions about like the nuances of the SEO functionality. Like some people are like, oh, like Squarespace is easier to use, but Shopify has slightly better SEO. But to your point, and the most important thing about SEO or just your, your website in general is that if there's something you want to do with it, just being able to do that, not having a mental barrier because you're not so intuitively familiar with the platform. <laughs> I mean, for a long time, I used WordPress for a lot of websites that I was building for people um, in my own side thing. It got messy, you know, and all of these drag and drop builders, you know, Wix and Squarespace and Shopify, they've really filled this niche and adding the e-commerce right out of the box. It's made a lot of people lives very easy. Absolutely. And it's it's the same for me. I've used both Squarespace and Shopify. And I, I do like Shopify a lot, but I'm so familiar with Squarespace that I'll be a lot quicker to make an update on it versus Shopify. So for me, at least, Squarespace is the best thing, even though it might be a slight sacrifice to, to SEO juice, so to speak worry less about like, oh, is this going to be the right platform? They're all industry standards in that sense. So just pick whichever one you like best. And then with social media, again, a lot of artists use something like Instagram as the place where they keep their audience. And that's great to build them 
build the audience and, you know, warm them up, but sending them to your website, which is like, you know, Instagram is a universe that has like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of users on it. Yeah. But your website is you. That's, that's, that's only you. So if you can get someone off of Instagram and onto your website, then you're going to have their attention so much more. There's a higher chance of selling art to them. And then with newsletters, definitely segmenting is is huge because your audience is not all the same. Like you're going to have someone who's, let's say, bought your art before versus someone who's just interested in your art. And you can talk to them very differently in your newsletters. So you really should be like, hey, buy my art again. Like I have this new piece and I'm I'm letting you see it before anyone else because you already support me. Like having that kind of language in a newsletter versus like talk, like just like talking a little more lightly about your art or, or saying like, Hey, like if you're thinking about buying art, like now might be the right time for it. You know, these are just like some examples, but being able to approach parts of your audience differently. So I I think that all three of those, and then also the abandoned cart emails definitely is like something that is not used frequently enough. It's a bit standard when when you're thinking of what you're selling as a product or, you know, you're a shop or a store, even though, you know, art is more meaningful than, than like, you know, just a random product. But even so, using the tools available for your art, like an abandoned shopping cart function is going to help you sell more art. So it's definitely something to be using as an artist. I always like asking this question when we have a gallery on the podcast, how can our artist listeners maximize their chance at getting represented by a gallery? Like when, when you're approached by an artist, what are some of the things that you're looking out for? So galleries, as I'm sure your audience knows, get a lot of submissions. They're mostly digital now, uh, unless otherwise stated on the website. But the starting point for anyone trying to get representation is you have to know the gallery inside and out. So of course, you're going to read the website, but you really got to read it in detail to sort of understand what kind of work do they show? What's their mandate? You know, if you're, if you're a painter, and this is not uncommon, but like if a painter tries to approach a gallery that shows just photography, they're kind of wasting their time, right? But it's not that happens and uh, that artist should should probably know better. So make sure your work fits with the program of what the gallery is showing. And it's another kind of no brainer, but it bears repeating is like, is the gallery accepting submissions? You know, we, we list that we're accepting submissions. We show primarily Canadian landscape and abstract art. And we add fine crafts. So things like glass and ceramics and wood that's what kind of makes Petrop a little bit different. We're a hybrid gallery, but we say right on our website under our artist submission section, what we want. A lot of galleries say not accepting and that's their prerogative. You know, they might recruit differently, but if they don't, in my opinion, it's okay to call, explain to whoever picks up the phone that you put in the work to find out that I couldn't see anywhere that you aren't. So are you accepting submissions and how do you want us to submit? the number one thing to do is to make sure you give them exactly what they want. So we've got a submission requirement list with, you know, pretty standard stuff, images, CV, links to your website, but nine out of 10 submissions don't give us what we ask for. It's sort of like applying for a job. We don't, nothing gets junked, but there's reason for what we're asking for. It's because we need to compare the 
materials, your size, where you are, the price, uh, all kinds of different factors. And the easiest way for us to do that is if you give us the information we're asking for. So another way is now that, you know, galleries are reopening and public spaces are reopening is you get to go back to shows and meet people. Just as a little word of caution, you know, an exhibition opening for another artist is not the best time to talk to the owner or manager about your portfolio. They've got a lot of other things to do on that day or weekend or whenever the event is, but you're trying to make a good impression so they remember your name when you do submit your portfolio, assuming they're accepting submissions. But probably the best tip I can give to an artist is the best way is to be introduced by an artist who's already represented at the gallery. It's easier said than done, of course, because not everybody knows everybody. But if you know someone who's at a gallery and you would like to work with them, speak to them about that. And, you know, the gallery owner or director is certainly going to be more receptive to your submission if a good word is put in by a colleague that they're already working with. But again, just be sure to give them exactly what they ask for when they do say, sure, send us your submission. Yeah, artists out there, you're, you're hearing it straight from a gallery director. It, this is so important. And I really like the, the analogy that you made with applying for a job. I was actually reviewing job submissions uh, a couple months ago. And we would say, besides your, your resume, please also include a cover letter saying why you think that you would be a good fit for this job. It's not that we literally threw out an application if it didn't have that cover letter, but it definitely made an impact on us. You know, we were like, okay, like this person has a really good resume, but we asked them to do something and they, they didn't do it. Like that's going to impact our working relationship with them. I'm pretty sure the person who, who ended up getting the job was someone who had a great cover letter because that's what we were asking for. That's huge. I couldn't agree more, but definitely... If there is a specific way the gallery wants you to be submitting your work, do that because that's how they stay organized. Like Ivan said, I mean, there's so many submissions that galleries receive that going through the process they're asking is going to, to make their lives easier and they're going to like be able to, to evaluate you equally among all the other artists. And if it doesn't say now accepting submissions or we are currently not accepting submissions, feel free to reach out and ask because if they don't say if they're accepting submissions or not, feel free to, to call them or email them and just ask, hi, are you accepting submissions right now? And if so, how do I do it? I think those are all really great tips, Ivan. That's why I'm here. Well, we're going to come right back and Ivan is going to tell you more about what you want to know about adding a human touch to selling art online and much more. But first, another message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. 
To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. All artists know or should know that an online shop is necessary for getting more sales. Once an artist has their online shop up and running, what are some ways that they can boost their sales? So we've been talking a lot about websites and driving people to your website. I'm not an internet marketer, though. I might sound like it a little bit, but you know, I'm a firm believer that it's quality over quantity. So keep feeding your website with new paintings, new artwork, videos, blog posts. You're going to up your search engine profile. We kind of touched on this a little bit in the earlier question, but you know, search engines used to reward constant updates, but they've evolved. So it's the somewhat boring details like having solid product descriptions and alt text, you know, these very, very tedious things, but they pay off, you know, good images, videos, somewhat frequent blog posts or podcasts that help you rank higher. And uh, that ultimately gets you a higher chance of attracting a buyer or someone who's interested in your work. We, on our website, we use Shopify. And one of the ways we stayed connected during lockdown was we added, we'd always kind of had a chat function, but it became important because like there's phone, there's chat, but we also did, you know, video calls with people if they wanted to see a work in person via FaceTime or WhatsApp. So we really just tried to use as many common tools to allow people to connect or see what they wanted to see when they couldn't. And I think it'll still work once the doors to all the galleries and art fairs and everything's reopened. You'll be able to just do the best of both worlds. I think these are the tools to give people that personal connection and allow you to give them a special personalized experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, artists, once you have your website up and running, make sure that you're taking the time to add some tools that make it a more personalized experience, like Ivan said that's going to get you to the next step. And then also, yes, the boring stuff of SEO, which is search engine optimization. How are you going to show up on things like Google more easily with a higher ranking? Things just like having descriptions fully fleshed out and um, high quality images, focusing on just making what is there really high quality instead of, you know, having these constant updates, which is what SEO used to, to want or what Google used to want for SEO. Ivan, this has been an amazing conversation. Let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners out there with one more question. What should our listeners do right now to start revving up their art careers in a big way? Uh, Thank you very much again for having me, uh, James. Really great to be here. Again, you know, in Canada here, we're just coming out of the pandemic. We're a little behind, but I think there's a lot of pent up energy. People want to go out to see exhibitions, shows, live music. So people are going to go to see your shows. I think they'll be more likely to come to public events in the very near future. So, you know, support your colleagues, your fellow artists, join an art fair if they can do a live event. I know Superfine's got one coming up pretty soon. There's a lot, a lot of this energy that's just about to be released. And I think just be a part of it. You know, don't wait for it to happen. Just go and be not a consumer as well, but be a part of it as like an active participant, as opposed to just waiting for things to happen. I think that's such a great last thing for artists to take away from this podcast episode. A lot of artists I've talked to, they've been unsure if 
the next several months is going to be this kind of like slow crawl out of pandemic world. And what I've observed here in New York, but also in cities around the globe, is that people are, like you said, they're hungry for culture. They're hungry for events right now. People just want to get out. They've just spent a year and a half indoors. Like everyone wants to, to go out. So it's a really great time to either be a part of an exhibition or go to an exhibition. Yes, Ivan, like you said, we're, we're starting up our in-person fairs again, starting with Superfine Seattle uh, this August. If anyone out there is listening and is interested in exhibiting with us, you can go ahead and visit our website and learn more there. But yes, besides that, like whatever is either, you know, in your local area or, you know, whatever artists or if you have artist friends, go and support them. I couldn't agree more, Ivan. And check us out too. If you, uh, if you take a spin on our Instagram, it's at Petroff Gallery or website PetroffGallery.com. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to all of you business artists out there, Ivan has been here with us sharing his amazing perspective today. Thank you for that, Ivan. You can listen to this and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. And again, you can connect with Ivan and Petroff Gallery. You can go ahead and follow them at Petroff Gallery on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also visit PetroffGallery.com. We'll include both of those links in the show notes. As always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram, and we always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to the Artist Business Plan. I'd also really appreciate it, or our entire team would really appreciate it, if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping other artists, entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find us. And lastly, I'd always, I always love wrapping the class up by sharing a quick quote The quote today is by Kevin Trudeau, and it is, if you continue to think the way you've always thought, you'll continue to get what you've always got. Ivan, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful. Thanks for having me, James. It's great. Absolutely. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Yeah.